the Woodside Church Podcast. Hi everyone, my name is Ruth and it is a real pleasure to be with you today. The theme for this morning is heartfelt love and it is the fourth in our series based around 2 Timothy which we have called Fan Into Flame. This really is such an important theme for us as we are less physically connected there is an urgency to stay connected to God and where necessary to seek God to bring life again and rekindle the fire. And honestly, without love, we are just like a noisy gong, making a lot of noise, but perhaps doing very little. And I pray that as we together explore this theme and we consider again the love of God and the love that he has given to us to enable us to love others, that it will deepen our love for one another and for our community. So I'd just like to pray at this point before we get into the meat of our subject today. Holy Spirit, I pray that as I just share what I feel you've given to me, that you would come and fan into flame a new desire for you, a deeper love for you, a deeper sense of your love for us and a deeper commitment to love one another with a heartfelt love. I ask for this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I do wonder if we are a little too casual with the word love. We perhaps use love to describe a football team that we're invested in or a favourite singer or a chocolate or a type of coffee or a coffee shop or a holiday destination or even a favourite time of the year or even Marmite or not depending on your preference. It's a word frequently used and I think not always understood or perhaps undervalued. If we want to look at a definition of love a good place to start might be 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So here's a few verses from that passage. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonour others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. That describes something profound, wonderful and incredible. Love is meant to shape our thinking, our attitudes, how we view others, how we do things. In fact, every area of our lives. And it should be heartfelt, not frivolous or superficial. We will today be focusing on some verses from the first chapter of 2 Timothy. Paul, who wrote this letter, is at this stage in prison in Rome. Actually, the Roman emperor at this time, Nero, had pressed the green button for a full-on persecution of the Christians. It came about partly because some of Rome had been burnt down and rather than him taking the flak, he wanted to defer it to others. Well, 
that's what a lot of the historians say probably was the reason for it. He also wasn't a very nice man, so it's not entirely surprising that he found a victim to dump all his angst on and to try and shift the blame. Paul must have known that as he was in prison that his time was running out and he was waiting for his case to come to trial. So with this backdrop he now writes to Timothy personally and this isn't honestly like some of Paul's other letters where he perhaps writes about the law or about justification or grace or the place of Israel or any of the other big themes of the Christian faith. This is for Timothy to encourage him to step into all that God has for him. And Paul writes with great feeling. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears when we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. This is the language of family, a father talking to his son. Paul longs to see Timothy again. Now, if we had mentioned this earlier in the year, we perhaps might have had some understanding. We perhaps knew something of what it means to miss family and friends. And certainly some of you who have family living permanently abroad, you would immediately have connected with this sense of longing to see someone. But after the past six months, some of the things that people have expressed have revolved around longing to see people, really missing people. I can't wait to see the grandchildren has been something that many have felt and expressed. And it's still for some the desire because they still haven't been able to see those important people in their lives. Paul in prison writes of his deep desire to see Timothy again. And when that happens, his anticipation is that there will be real joy at their reunion. And we can see through this the heartfelt love that they have for one another. It is important at this point to just accept and realise that it's okay that when we are apart from those we love, we find it difficult. In fact, we are meant to love people like this. So when we can't see them, it really matters. God calls us to love one another. We shouldn't be cold and indifferent. When you think about your church family, would you use the same words as Paul? I long to see you again, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. Invite the Holy Spirit to fan into flame a fresh love for one another, a love that doesn't fail, a love that comes from God's heart. Jesus said to his disciples in John's Gospel, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. The hallmark of our Christian relationships is that we love one another. Paul isn't afraid to say it. 
His heartfelt love is clear. He wrote it in this letter and then sent it. Toward the end of September, Esther Ranson, who has been in the public profile for many years, encouraged people to actually pick up the phone and talk to each other. Interestingly, two church leaders who had uh, been encouraged to take this on said what a difference it made to their community and to the people within their church. And I do wonder if perhaps it's a good provocation for each one of us that again to be thinking about what can I do at this time to express my love to family, friends, church family and our wider community. And simple things can really make a difference. Paul expressed his feeling with words and I think for us the same is still true. Expressing our feeling with, with words can and is really important. Paul continues through chapter one, bringing other people to mind. In fact, some of those people he remembers at this point had let him down. They kind of abandoned him. These individuals were members of the church in Ephesus and for some reason, they no longer wanted to be associated with Paul. It might have been that because Paul was in prison and the persecution that was going on around them, they felt that they were in some danger themselves and it wasn't a risk they were prepared to take. It might have been that the fact Paul was now a prisoner and in chains, in chains, that was something to be ashamed of and they really didn't want to be tarred with that particular brush. Well, whatever the reason, they had turned their back on Paul. But one young man, Onesiphorus, had come from Rome to Ephesus and he had to search for Paul. He had to visit many potential prisons and places where he might have been locked up until he found him. And when he did find him, he didn't just visit once, but visited often. In verses 16 and 17, we read, May the Lord show special kindness to Onesiphorus and all his family, because he often visited and encouraged me. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. Who knows exactly what Onesiphorus said or did? Maybe he gave Paul food. Perhaps he talked to him about God. Perhaps he prayed with him, maybe even washed his feet, expressed his gratitude and love. He partly did it because Paul had been to Ephesus and shared the gospel. And because Paul had preached about Jesus in Ephesus and the church had started as a result of his ministry, Onesiphorus had heard the gospel, realised that he could be forgiven, repented and became a Christian. And this fresh start, he could trace back to Paul's ministry. So his gratitude was heartfelt and also his love. It was now Onesiphorus' turn to serve Paul. And when he arrived, he had to go and find Paul and he had to put in the effort to track him down. I sometimes I'm really interested to find out what names mean. My name, Ruth, means friend of God. And I've always been 
quietly pleased that I was called Ruth because I think it's such a, a wonderful way of reminding me of my relationship with God. Onesiphorus, not exactly going to ever hit top of the list for popular baby names. His name means bringing profit or bringing usefulness. Well, whichever version you prefer, his aim is, is to bring something to Paul to encourage him. And it wasn't just a one-off, but Onesiphorus did it often. He expressed his heartfelt love toward Paul and it really made a difference. So much so that Paul records it in this letter to Timothy. Well done, Onesiphorus. You excelled in doing good. I received some special kindness recently. At the beginning of August, I fell in the garden and broke a bone in my ankle. And after a trip to hospital, x-rays, and I was issued with crutches and a very elegant boot, I came home with uh, some information about what I needed to do to try and encourage healing, but very much needing to rest for a few days and keep my foot up. I was somewhat incapacitated just for a little bit and thankfully I'm healing well now. But in those early days I had a number of text messages, phone calls, people saying they were praying for me, a friend dropping around flowers, somebody else bringing a cake and a meal that was supposed to do us for tea but actually ended up feeding us for two and a half meals because there was so much food. And I was really grateful for all the kindness and the heartfelt love that was shown to me at that time. I'm not very good at receiving things like that, to be honest, and I think a number of us would say we are more comfortable being those who would extend love and kindness rather than be recipients of this kind of thing. But it really did make a difference, and it was a lesson I was reminded of, particularly as I was starting to think about what I was going to share with you today. So what can we learn from these snapshot verses from the first chapter of 2 Timothy? Clearly the first thing is that we are meant to be in relationship with one another. And that can sometimes be challenging. Sometimes being apart can be painful. And sometimes being together can be tricky. Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God's amazing, deep, everlasting love has been given to each one of us who have invited God to be the Lord of our lives. And this love dwells in each one of us. And this is an incredible work of the Holy Spirit. God's love for us is the source of our love for others. So let's ask God to fan into flame our love for one another, to commit afresh to praying for one another, to encourage each other often, to phone, text, message, write a note and post it, meet up within the guidelines, do someone's shopping, whatever we can do that is okay at this present time. Thank God for one another 
And this is possible whether we are in the same room or whether we are miles apart. Let's not grow weary in doing good, but go again and choose to keep demonstrating the love God has for us by loving one another. I wonder if we could just pray together. God, I thank you so much that you first loved us. I thank you that you have deposited the Holy Spirit in our hearts, that we can experience and know that we are your children and you are our Father and that your love is amazing. God, I, I pray that if we have become disconnected from that experience of knowing your love, that deep assurance of my God loves me, I pray, God, that you are fanning to flame, rekindle the fire of love in our hearts. God, if we don't know your love and aren't confident of your love for us, then it becomes hard to love others. And I just wonder at this moment if you would like to hold out your hands and just invite the Holy Spirit to come afresh on you, on me, to know again the love God has for you. Holy Spirit, just come, I pray. Come and bring a fresh deposit of your love. Your word says that your love is wide and deep. And I, I pray, Lord, that we would all know a fresh sense of your love this day and in the days going forward. God, as we know your love afresh, I pray that you would fan into flame a fresh, heartfelt love for one another, for our brothers and sisters in our church family, and also those in our wider community, that we would know your deep love for one another. God, I pray, turn the tap on again, fan into flame, rekindle love within our hearts and our lives, I pray. For your glory we ask it. Amen. God bless you, amazing church family. And may the love of God be spread abroad in all our hearts for the kingdom's sake. Amen. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.